You know, quite a few big name pastors are being exposed lately and falling hard in the public eye. What I want you to do is imagine what really made way for this, how that even happened over time. And then the question is, could we be in danger of that same thing if indeed we go too long with neglecting the presence of God and intimacy with Him? Because I believe the deeper problem at the core of these things is that what if there's a continual neglect of God's presence that's a factor in these situations? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. Tanner. Yes, sir. Hello, this is our first episode, Above Approach Church Podcast. What in the world? Here we are. It's happening. Guys, this is um, a smaller portion of our online ministry, Above Approach Ministry. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of stuff going on, so before we jump into the content for today, go to aboveapproachministry.com, check out all that we have available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanner, you recommended that we share a little bit of our heart yeah. and our mission behind this. Um, I'll share a little bit of my end, and then you can kind of speak into what you're hoping, what yeah, you envision sure. for this. Yeah. Um, my heart behind this is that I know there's a lot of church leaders, moms, dads, uh, your typical everyday Christian uh, spouse or content creator online that's just trying to get in the online space and be faithful to God, who just feels unequipped, mm. um, doesn't really know the conversations they need to have and think through. And so what we want to do is always to equip people, train people up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think specifically this is going to be as regards the greater picture of the global church, how to function as a global church. So we'll be addressing like church issues, conversations yeah. mm-hmm. that relate to the individual, whether you are an online content creator or whether you're in church leadership um, at a local community or you're just a parent trying to go, I want to disciple my kids well. And we hope that we'll add value to your life and equip mm-hmm. you because I see a need for that to not just talk about the overall general principles of how to do it well, but the deeper conversations that I don't believe a lot of people know to have um, or even know to think through if they're even having them. Mm. So what's a little bit about your heart behind this? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think so kind of starting off, um, you know, we started our house church here in, in Jacksonville, Florida. And what I saw as we started the book of Acts is a separation between the modern church and our you know our western culture church and the church of acts and i i guess like as i'm going through acts and i'm studying through acts i see that there's an intentionality behind the church that there's a unity behind the church and like i guess you know the the phrase that really stuck out to me was uh that they were with one accord um, and so that really stuck out to me and so my heart really is to unify the church um and to bring back that intentionality um, in our minds as church leaders, as content creators, as parents, whatever that might look like, that there's an intentionality, that there's an urgency uh, to unify the, the church in, in our modern state. So, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is the underlying heartbeat of this is to promote unity, love, 
And not to say the Church of Acts is the ultimate standard of perfection, but there's a lot that I think we can go back to yeah. and adopt and even conform to our modern culture in a way that works. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to talk big church picture, how to function globally as the family of God, how yeah. to do that well in a local context, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our job, sure. at our school, whatever it ends up being. So, you know, the big question today is uh, not just relating to like the, the, the rise and fall of big mega church pastors and sure. those who have tremendous spotlight and they're, they're exposed and their sin is like, wow, how did they get there? But more relating to that issue, the bigger picture is how to prioritize and balance the presence of God in the midst of ministry responsibility, mm-hmm. in the midst of all the content, all the planning, all the different duties, all the different things that spiral in our heads as church leaders, mm-hmm. as pastors, as shepherds, as moms and dads, as content creators online. Yeah. How do we prioritize and balance the presence of God? Because I think, I'm not saying that's like the only reason why people get to that point sure. and why they fall so hard, but I think from 99% of the different times that happens, that's a big factor in it. Yeah. And so a good opening question is, is it possible to become distracted from the best thing, which we know is the Hmm. presence of God, intimacy with God. Is it possible to become distracted from the best thing by good things like ministry Hmm. and church life and serving your local church and loving your kids and serving your wife? Is it possible to allow those things to overshadow what is ultimate in our life, which is, the presence of God. And then the second question, I guess, is how do you not become distracted if that's indeed a possibility? How do we guard ourselves against that mm. in the midst of doing all these good things that we justify as a good enough reason to abandon the presence of God on a, on a daily basis or for a period of a week, well, I got to get this done. The church needs this. How do we not become distracted, uh, mm. you know, by what is the mission of our church or our life yeah. from the presence of God? Yeah. You know? Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's easy to um, to say that I'm I'm serving God, but really the heart is why are you serving God? Um, you know, you can like unintentionally or without even really realizing, you can idolize those good deeds that you're doing. So the real reason or the real thing is why am I doing good? Like what is mm-hmm. what is the purpose behind it? Is my drive to serve God and to be in his presence and to also present his presence to other people, um, in a way of through my acts of service, through loving people, through serving people, or am I doing good in order to have self promotion? Like, mm-hmm. am I promoting self through what I'm doing? Cause I can go into a youth group, right? Just for example. Um, and I can have the heart of serving a you know, a student just for them to see Christ either through my actions or see Christ through the lesson or through worship or whatever you're doing by serving. Or I can go into a youth group to show off and promote myself so that I can look cooler to the younger generation. Like whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, there it's the heart behind it that really that really counts. Mm-hmm. So it is possible, I think is what we're hitting on, is mm-hmm. it is possible to become distracted from the presence of God in the name of serving him and doing things for him mm-hmm. and serving the people and promoting what, you know, helps the church overall and you neglect the presence of God in the process. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest issues for anyone who's in a leadership position as a believer, right? whether it's family leadership, whether it's church leadership, leadership at work. Um, I think this is turning more into, and always the heartbeat behind this has been to address church leaders, sure. but also like anyone who is a leader in their context. So I think one of the ways you don't become distracted 
buy good things from the presence of God is to actually put that time with God into your schedule as a non-negotiable. Mm. That's that, that's something that stood the test of time since I started ministry. That's, yeah. some, that's a constant that I've had over the past, what is it, eight years mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. ministry is when I was working as a youth pastor and now when I'm in online ministry. Yeah. It's always been no matter what, I work around my time with God mm. rather than pencil him in if it ends up working out at the end of the day. Mm. That's good. Because I want everything to revolve around and flow from my time with God. Mm -hmm. If I don't have that, then I lack the power, the energy, the real supernatural strength um, that, that, that people need to see infused within my activity. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just running on a treadmill by your own strength. If not, you know, from a place of seeking God first. Mm. So I think the presence of God ultimately becomes for lack of better terms, the power source of all our activity, of all our service. Yeah. Um, And I think we've seen people who are obviously serving or leading without that intimacy. Not that we can make that ultimate judgment call, but it it, it comes off as there there seems to be like a lack of authenticity to what they're saying and doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they haven't been with God. They just read a textbook and they're regurgitating a bunch of things that they learn from someone who actually has a real relationship with mm-hmm. God and abiding, yeah. you know, seeking his presence first. Um, how do you practically prioritize God's presence? I guess in the midst of ministry specifically, but mm-hmm. I mean, you could generalize that to being a parent, being with all my work responsibilities mm-hmm. and trying not to take my work home with me, but it ends up mm-hmm. being something that's inevitable. Yeah. How do I practically prioritize God's presence in the midst of all my other responsibilities. Yeah. Um, how would you answer that? I guess my answer would be um, first to seek an abiding Christ. Um, you know, when I'm in a day-to-day basis, when I'm seeking after serving God, my number one goal is to walk in the ways of Christ in every situation. So when I'm approaching being a parent, when I'm approaching being a small group leader, when I'm approaching being a worship leader, when I'm approaching being a content creator, my first goal is to glorify Christ through it. And if I'm not, then, you know, performance-based service is not service. It's not. I mean, you have to point yourself to a point where you are worshiping God through everything that you do. So I guess when you're looking at, you know, how not to become distracted by that mission is to limit distractions in your life. Like how, well, like I have to analyze what I'm being distracted by in my day-to-day life. Am I being distracted by social media? Am I being distracted by worldly entertainment? Am I being distracted by Netflix and all those different things? What's pulling me away from pointing myself back to reflecting on how I'm serving or reflecting on my heart, reflecting on my actions, reflecting on everything that I'm doing in order to serve and glorify Christ. So I think taking a step back, like taking a moment, because one of the greatest things in, in problem solving when you're facing issues or you're facing, you know, life problems is you take a step back, you take a moment, you take a breath and you analyze, okay, like in these different areas, if it's at school, if it's at work, is, is you know, wherever it's at, if it's at the grocery store, you know, wherever I'm at, how am I glorifying Christ? What are what are my actions like? So I have to take a step back, take a breath, analyze the situation and see, okay, where am I missing my Christ-like actions in these areas? And so that's what I would have to say. That is a fantastic point. That uh, I, I think you get to a place 
where you're not even aware of the fact that you've neglected the presence of God so long because you didn't, I guess, have that daily discipline of analyzing where you're at honestly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what needs to happen, especially as a leader who has more responsibility and is more accountable for the people Mm -hmm. they're leading, is there needs to be that discipline and whatever it is you need to set in place to have this, but you need to at least daily step back Mm -hmm. and really analyze. Don't, Don't fall into the paralysis of over-analysis where you analyze Mm. yourself into a paralyzed state of not doing nothing, but at least take a step back daily and go, am I in fact uh, prioritizing the presence of God in everything, not just above everything, right? right? right. Because it's not just, well, I have my time with God, my time in his word and my time in prayer, and then I go to work and then Mm. I go and serve my kids Mm. and then I work in children's ministry at church. But it's also, I'm partnering with God firstly in those things. And so I think that is a great way to pri- practically prioritize the presence of God is be aware of the fact that we wander. And when you're aware of that, it humbles you into a state of needing to constantly take a step back and make sure I'm not working from a place of self-centeredness or self-reliance or mm. you know lack of dependency on God. Um, and so I, I think as long as you orient all of your activity and content and preaching and service and shepherding yeah. around your intimacy with God. Mm. All of that other stuff, I think like Matthew six thirty three teaches, you know, you seek first the kingdom, all these other things kind of work out, mm. the things that God intends for you. You remove that one piece that makes everything else move in tandem. Mm-hmm. You lose your rhythm and you start to wander into a place of not even realizing that you're kind of working on limited strength that isn't God's because mm-hmm. you've, you know, kind of been working without him for so long. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the scary thing yeah. is you can have a lot of success, worldly success without God and assume that his, that's his stamp of approval is mm-hmm. the very fact that there's success. Mm-hmm. But I think success can also come by way of working without him just as much as with him. So we have to learn how to define success yeah. properly. Um, to know whether or not we're in fact partnering with God or wandering away from him into an idea of success that he never said was true, true success. Yeah. And if I might add to like one of the most disappointing things as a leader or, um, as, as a leader looking down at, at other leaders as you're leading people, um, is to see a leader that is out of focus of the mission. And so when I'm analyzing myself, I have to think, okay, am I lining myself up with the mission of either my church, either my, you know, the content creating that I'm a part of my parenting with my spouse, like, am I in line? Am I focused on the mission, which is truly leading people, discipling people to make disciples. So in all of my areas of life, am I focused on the mission? Am I focused on the why and what I'm, I'm doing? And I know for me, like the most disappointing seasons of ministry has been when I've walked away and I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, in that entire season, I was unfocused on the mission to the point where I look back with regret and guilt and shame, which, I mean, isn't healthy to, to live in, but when you look back and you feel that conviction and you get to move forward in repentance and walking in this this new light of, okay, I'm regrouping, I'm refocusing, and I'm looking at the mission and I need to be more intentional. I need to have an urgency for these people that I'm leading for my kids, for my audience, you know, for whoever it is. And so for me, one of the most 
you know, hard seasons is when I've looked back and I was like, oh, I was not very intentional in that season. It's hard. Yeah, that's another good point is to um, leaders need to have a healthy periodical uh, time of looking back, not living in the past, but, you know, looking back mm-hmm. and learning and going, man, did did God really call me to do that? Mm. Or did I just act on a good idea, bring it before people that I knew would, con- you know, agree with me, looking for confirmation bias, and then I ran with it when God never actually gave me permission or even told me that was what he wanted. Mm. And and again, that goes back to the scary thing of uh, you can have a kind of success that appears to have God's favor on it, um, when in fact you, you couldn't be farther from him mm. and success can be that kind of snare that the enemy uses to keep you from the presence of God and too busy to seek him. And and when we say like prioritize intimacy with God, we, we are talking about praying. We are talking about having uh, periods of fasting and opening the Bible and having your daily time in the scriptures and, and being sanctified by the truth. Uh, that, that has been, again, even shifting into online ministry, that has been the one thing that has remained constant for me hmm. in any mode of ministry I'm in. And I don't always do it perfectly, but that's at, it's at least a, a general discipline of I put you first. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always look like I wake up and I, and I just float to my Bible. And it's just like I'm magnifying the Lord with my first breath. It doesn't always play out like no, that. It doesn't. But I try to, and when I don't, I at least make sure I get time with Him. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's something about the life force of the believer is found wrapped up in the presence of God. Mm. And the longer you go without him, again, you just start to, to lose that strength, that, that passion, that zeal, that real energy and vibrancy God gives mm. you through his presence. So um, even in online content creation, as someone who creates uh, live Bible studies and mm. all the stuff that I do, there have been a lot of studies I've done where it's like super intellectual, got my notes organized, and halfway through, I'm like mindlessly regurgitating the notes I made. And there's no there's no evidence of like, I'm partnering with God in this. Yeah. It's just me stating a bunch of facts mm. that I know are true. But it's almost like it lacks that um, personal element to it of mm-hmm. I have studied and sought the presence of God in the midst of this. And then there are times where I'll like preach a sermon and I, and I pray prior to it. Like, it's just a 15-minute video, and I go, Lord, I just really want you to be in the midst of this. Mm. If you're not, I can say everything right, and people can applaud, but it, it amounts to nothing. So would you please, like, I'm just trying to partner with you. Mm-hmm. And then there's something about that where you, you, can, you can sense, like, the presence of God in your communication, sure. in the content you're making, where like your why is locked in, you have a deep concern for the people on the other side, you almost, you're you're like reflecting the heart of God in the midst of your preaching or teaching or yeah. content creation. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, um, it, your content might be good, your leadership might be good, your preaching might be good mm-hmm. from a worldly standpoint, but what does God think about it, honestly, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if you're doing it apart from uh, the leading of his spirit. Because mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people, I'm not going to name any names, and I would name myself first, who have preached sermons yeah. uh, without seeking the presence of God prior or even in the middle of it. And oh, saying, yeah. Spirit of God, lead this time. Mm-hmm. You say what you want. And forget my notes. Yeah. I'll, you say what you want, even if it's not something I wrote down, and even if it's something, even if I you purposely tell me not to say something I wrote down, just lead this time. So mm. how do you balance the desire to know God with that desire to serve people? Because as leaders in every context, 
We know our ultimate calling is to serve God through practically serving people because he cares about people. So how do you balance that desire of like, I want to know God, but I also know that I'm called to serve people. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I not... It's that Mary and Martha balance. Yeah. It's, it's the Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he That's goes, good. you've chosen the better portion, Mary. Yeah. And Martha going, but I did all this stuff. Mm. And Jesus goes, oh, your sister chose the better portion. How do I not fall into that overemphasis of service, sure. but also like not being this closet Christian that just sits in mm. my room all day and never, never actually benefits humanity? Right. How do you balance that as a leader, as a content creator as a shepherd whatever it may be yeah well my mind goes straight to what what kind of leader would you be or what kind of you know person who serves like what kind of person would you be if you didn't know god or didn't strive to get to know him and yet you were just trying to serve people at the same time kind of would be lousy (laughs) and there's there's a lot of those people and i've been one of those people where I have tried to just serve, but my faith is lacking in that season. And people recognize that. People people see that. It's so obvious when you see somebody who is serving, but they lack with that, that spirit in them. And so I guess to balance knowing God and serving people would have to be to prioritize knowing God and then to serve people. This is a good point. Again, I'm going to say that every time you talk because it makes me happy to hear what you're saying. It, what comes to mind is Jesus. He's healing all the people. Mm-hmm. It's morning now. All the crowds are still looking for him. He hasn't healed everyone because right. there's just a line of people. Mm-hmm. And the disciples come to him. And he's been seeking God in prayer. And they come and go, hey, uh, all these people are looking for you. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of people who aren't healed yet. <laughs> We're going to have an angry mob on our hands yeah. real fast. Mm-hmm. And Jesus goes, yep. Time to move on. <laughs> he escaped the crowds to be with the Father, right. and then by doing so, he actually proved, showed the disciples that he's not directed just by need. Mm. And and I think if if we as leaders are only, it doesn't mean we don't care about needs. Yeah, it means we're not ultimately moved by needs alone. Mm. But when I see the needs of people around me, the Spirit of God directs me to address needs as as he desires me to do so because I can't answer every need in front of me. It's, it's impractical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like what you said, I'm the best human being to humanity when I've been with God. Yeah. If you don't get with the father, you lack that authenticity, purity, integrity, whatever it is that people need to see and need to experience. Mm-hmm. You lack that without him right. actually leading you into that situation and actually having been with him. Mm-hmm. And so I, what you said is true. And absolutely, the don't be directed solely by the needs of people. Right. I know for, the, for those of us that have deeply compassionate hearts, it's like, but I, I really want to serve people. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's great. But Jesus wasn't moved by needs alone. In mm-hmm. fact, he disappointed people. Yeah. And he left some needs unmet. Mm-hmm. He let some expectations down. Yeah. Because the father was leading him elsewhere to tend to someone else's needs. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to discern between when that is indeed the Lord leading you. And of course, we can't be lazy and just justify every time, every opportunity you get to serve someone. You're like, well, I don't know if God's leading me. Sure. God, did you even seek him and ask? Hmm. Or did you just assume and justify your laziness, you bozo? (laughs) And so maybe we can spend a little bit of time speaking into 
um, I don't know, I even think about this prior, but some times where prioritizing God's presence was like an obvious success. You know what I mean? Like hmm. where you noticed, hey, I see a big difference right now in this moment because I know I've had my time with God. I sought Him first. Mm. I spent time in prayer. Whatever it is, think of some times in your life where prioritizing God's presence was obviously successful. Mm. Obviously successful. Um, for me, I just think of in youth ministry when I'd get around those kids yeah. and... I just had such a frustration and a bitterness and in it just this this overall like I want I want all of you out of this building right now <laughs> leave my face and 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 that that kind of I don't know like n- lack of love was yeah. was was an indication to me oh my gosh I didn't actually sit in the presence of God today to mm. have his heart for the people I'm called mm. to minister to um and and it was obvious when I did those days where I would walk in the room, hmm. and even though it was the same amount of frust- like, like potential frustration, same amount of loudness and volume and, and complaining kids, same amount, I, I wasn't moved by that, but I had this mm-hmm. compassion and, and genuine concern to sit with them yeah. and understand. And it was like, wow, I actually have the heart of God right now for you, um, and I'm recognizing it's because I've been with him. Mm. As opposed to those times I haven't, mm. so I think th- those are some pretty obvious times for me. Is I'm I'm more patient and understanding, mm. and I'm not so much of a of a dirt bag in front of these kids, <laughs> and and I'm not <laughs> saying things I regret two seconds into seeing them. Um, it's because <clears throat> I've been with him. Yeah, it's just your heart begins to match up with his the more you're with him. So, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, um, the times when I have felt. Um, drained in, and for me, I go back to youth ministry too, back in, you know, where we were at. But, um, when I was drained, when I walked into that building in, in youth ministry was when I was distracted by outside, you know, problems or issues that I was personally going with, um, you know, different things that I was dealing with in my, my life, the drama, the, you know, the chaos that we all deal with in our own daily lives, um, you know, whether it's relationships or, you know, uh, finances, even, you know, things like that. When I was solely focused on those things or when I was prioritizing those things is when I walked into youth ministry with just an empty heart. And I can say this, that spirit-led people will gravitate towards spirit-filled people. And I felt most driven in my ministry when I saw my compassion, my love for the students in youth ministry, seeing my spirit and seeing my character and and the things that I brought to the table fill up other people. Because oftentimes in ministry, there will be this example of your cup is pouring into others, which is why often you'll hear about burnout is because people who are in ministry they won't have time for themselves to get filled up. And so they will just feel drained because their job is to fill up. I mean, in a sense, fill other people, be a vessel to fill other people up. And so for me, I mean, I felt most successful when I walked and I put away those distractions or I gave those distractions up to Jesus and walking into the building or sitting in my, my car and praying before I walked in because that limited that distraction to bother me as I walked into my ministry setting. So. Yes, 
I was going to say something and I forgot what uh, it was. Burnout. Uh, burnout, yes. Okay, cool. Man, nailed it. Burnout, uh, that's exactly, I think, like the step before a big fall or a big sin for, for these pastors that are getting right. exposed, yeah. of course, or for anyone. The, the, the step before that is burnout, mm-hmm. is exhaustion that hasn't been dealt with, yeah. is a cup that hasn't been filled up for so long. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to like fill other people up and... And be there for people and meet their expectations and not disappoint them. And you have nothing to give. And so you, you sit in that place of, I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel. For, you sit in that place for so long. You do. It's going to wear and tear on you. And it's going to make you extra vulnerable mm-hmm. to the most heinous sins that you and I would never even think we do. But we're in that place of vulnerability yeah. because we haven't been filled up for so long. Yeah. And so... I have felt that in my life, mm. um, these moments. And of course, we're just trying to help you leaders or the, you potential leaders, future leaders, just, just to think through these things and, and put these, uh, these safeguards up now. Like, don't wait until you reach a point of exhaustion where you're like, I think I'll take my relationship with God seriously. Yeah, no. It's orient your life around Him now mm-hmm. so that any service, activity, ideas, innovation, content that flows from your life is a product of being with God. Because if it's not, I'll tell you right now, it's garbage. And mm-hmm. God can still do things with it. Sure. But it's not as, it's not the maximal, you know, kind of uh, results that could have come from it. So, right. You know, we've had moments like that where we're just burnt out. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to say, like, the quick fix to that is always just pray for a minute and all of a sudden you're <laughs> filled up and it's like, oh my gosh. But that does play a part in it. it like, yeah. to sit with God and let Him fill you up. So, um, I think when it comes to the application, for those of you that are listening, mm-hmm. as we talk through these things, um, I, I th- we'll become more precise in our content, but... For now, we just we, we want to put the first things first mm-hmm. and let you know that we are people that prioritize the presence of God as much as we can. And that's like, this, the, I, I guess you could say, like um, the secret sauce to, to the Christian life mm-hmm. is to prioritize the presence of God above what you would consider the purpose of your life. Mm-hmm. So many of us sum up our purpose in like doing like, my purpose is to fill in the blank, mm-hmm. get this job, be in this career, reach these people, create this nonprofit. But the purpose of your life really should actually be summed up. The totality of that mm-hmm. is actually you being with God in order to be like Him to your fellow man. Um, that's your purpose. But nonetheless, we'll talk about that in future episodes, I'm sure. Some points of application that I think would be helpful for you guys to think through and questions for you is... As you're trying to balance like personal intimacy with God, with all the responsibilities on your life, think of the big why behind what you're doing. Your ministry, your ideas, your content, your music, you know, your whatever decision you make to train your kids up. What's your why? Mm. And how does that actually connect to your personal intimacy with God? So if my why at work is to, I want to be uh, a light to my unbelieving coworkers, if that's my why, mm-hmm. think about how your personal intimacy with God actually affects that. You can shine brighter the more you've actually been with the one who is the light of your life. Mm-hmm. Or when it comes to like uh, being in church leadership, I my why, I'm here because I love people mm-hmm. and I care for their faith. Okay, you can actually be of benefit to their faith and be a better loving human being to them if you've actually been with the one who is 
indeed love and fills you up with his love. Mm. Um, is there anything you want to say about the why behind not just ministry, but um, parenting and, and content? And mm-hmm. th- these seem to be like the three main categories I, we're going to focus on throughout the entirety of this podcast right. as we talk about church life, yeah. as we talk about how to function as the global timeless family of God on an individual and collective you know, mm-hmm. scale. We're going to be talking about um, things like prioritizing the presence of God. And I'm going to be addressing specifically, uh, because I'm an online content creator and I have a heart for, for people like you, yeah. content creators, church leaders, and parents. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean no, if you don't fit those categories, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah. This just means those are the people I'm intentionally going to frame up the applications around. Mm-hmm. And then you get to figure out if you don't fit in those categories, how this applies to you. So what's the why behind, you know, what you do and how that relates to your personal intimacy with God? What do you have to say about that? Yeah, um, I think when we aren't focusing on that intimacy or we aren't having that that time spent, you know, with with God, um, we tend to blend in um, more than we do stand out. And that becomes a problem when you are trying to execute your why. Um, because normally when you are trying to execute your why, you're trying to, um, replicate something or translate something or, uh, represent something to somebody. And if I'm just blending in, going through the motions, then I'm not going to execute my why very well. It won't be accomplished very well because what my purpose is, what my mission is and all those different things won't be done well if I'm just kind of blending in with everybody else, if that makes sense. It does. It does. So your why also has to be accurate, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If you start off with a wrong, unbiblical why, mm-hmm. well, why I want influence, I want money, I, you know, not that influence and money are inherently bad things, but mm-hmm. to pursue those as ultimate things can become detrimental. So if that's your why, then your content, your leadership is going to show that you value those things ultimately. Mm-hmm. So we need to constantly match up our why, because you can start with the right why, Mm-hmm. And then over time, your why starts to morph into something more worldly, something right. that God never actually told you is the big why behind what you do. So mm-hmm. to constantly heart check, to constantly bring yourself before the Lord, and that's part of the reason we seek intimacy with God is mm-hmm. for self-evaluation and, and this um, this processing of my own thoughts and desires and go, Lord, am I really, like my heart can be deceitful sometimes, Lord, mm-hmm. do I really have the why mm-hmm. that I think I do, which yeah. is the why you say in scripture to love God, love neighbor for your glory, all that yeah. stuff. So second question, unless there's something you wanted to say about well, that. I was going to say one more thing. Uh, isn't it Psalm 139 where it says, search me and, and know me and uh, reveal any grievous way in me. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I definitely butchered that. That was the Tanner version of the Bible. Um, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that version. Go to aboveapproachministry.com yeah. to get your T uh, C. <laughs> V, your Tanner Copperall version of the Bible <laughs> coming out this September. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would say that that passage is very good to live by each day. Um, you know, if we aren't analyzing ourselves, then we're usually not progressing. Self reflection. That's the word. Yeah, reflection. Think of the the word self reflection. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> Thank you. Be self reflective, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like really reflect on yourself. That's helpful, and the yeah. presence of God allows you to self-reflect uh, properly. 
Sure. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of self-reflecting that's that's improper. It's yeah. And then it leads to shame and and the sense of condemnation and like disappointment and insecurity. Yeah. And, but if you self-reflect with the Word of God as the basis for your reflection and and it's in the presence of God, you're gonna it's gonna be more helpful. So, mm-hmm. second kind of applicational question for y'all is, uh, man, be honest. Where in your life have you been neglecting opportunity to draw close to God? Mm. Where in your life have you been neglecting opportunity to draw close to God? Opportunities are bombarding us from every direction to actually tune in to um, the heart of God, the presence of God, the the Word of God, and to actually align ourselves with those things. So, mm-hmm. you know, a secondary question is probably part of it. What What's getting in the way of you um, prioritizing God's presence above all else? And, mm. and this doesn't mean, because I've been here, where it's like, I, I swing towards extremes. That's what mm-hmm. I do. So when I'm a, when I was in youth ministry and I'd realize, oh shoot, I'm a failure. I haven't been prioritizing mm-hmm. God's presence. I would neglect everything in the name of putting God first, and I would just seek Him. Mm-hmm. And I would it, it would almost be to an if I can say it like this to an unhealthy degree mm-hmm. where it wasn't um, it wasn't like. God, I'm going to seek you in order to do these things better. It's God, I'm seeking you in replacement of doing anything for you. Hmm. And so I did nothing. And all my tasks started piling up and all my responsibilities started overwhelming me. And then I swung to the other extreme. I got to do all this stuff now. So God, I don't have time for you. Hmm. And that seems to be like the the spectrum of extremes that we as leaders like like swing to is Mm -hmm. this. God's everything and nothing else matters. And then there's, sorry, God, too busy for you. Got to do all the stuff you want me to. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying like putting God first is neglecting everything else. It's actually like prioritizing him in the midst of what you're doing mm-hmm. with your finances, at your job, mm-hmm. on your breaks, while you're driving, while you're interacting with your spouse, while you're parenting your kids, mm-hmm. while you're going to school online and having an integrity while sure. you're you know kind of mapping out the business model and what you think it's going to look like all these things to be aware and mindful of how god might want you to do them mm. and what his word says about how to do them well you know and to think of his character in the process and to partner with him yeah too many times like my son does this to me <laughs> we try and do all these different things without asking for the help of our father mm. and it's like be holy Go serve the church, build the church, advance the kingdom, evangelize, disciple. And it's like, yes, Lord, yes. And he's like, oh, I didn't say leave me. I said, rely on me to help you do these things. Mm. And instead, you're doing it on your own. Yes, Lord. No, 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 stay here. Stay here. And as you go out, bring me with you. Be yeah. aware of my presence in the midst of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to say? You seem like you have some thoughts. Yeah, I mean... Um one of the things that, at least in this season of life, that I've been trying to focus on more is just simply being a child of God, um, because I am a person who likes to do, and I love to to serve. I love to um, just go and and do every anything and everything I can, any opportunity I can to to serve and things like that. I usually just like to throw myself out there, like I can do this, I can do this, and that. like being a busybody almost and. I have found that when you put yourself out there like that and then you force yourself into situations that may not necessarily be healthy for you, even though you're doing good things, right? The intentionality behind it is good. It may not be good for your your heart and for your spirit to just do, 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 uh, rather than, you know, taking a pause, taking a break and breathing. 
That's right. And let's not forget, you just said doo-doo like three times. Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we at? Well, I think that's that's enough on that point. We could spend a Maybe sure. this is what we'll do in future episodes because sure. what we're trying to do is establish like the framework of not just the global timeless family of God, the global church, but the local church. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help you function and play your role and use your gifts yeah. and do your part with the small life we're given um, as part of your local church and the global timeless church. And part of that is, man, if every believer in the body of Christ prioritize the presence of God properly without neglecting what he's called them to do, you know, mm. and bringing him with them in the tasks of their life. Dude, can you imagine what the church mm. would look like? Mm. Um, it would be amazing. So that's why we're starting with this is to say like, above all and in all things, mm. intimacy with God is primary. Yeah. Because that's what glorifies him. And we're after the glory of God and all that we do. So um, this is kind of the more communal aspect mm-hmm. question, um, which we'll get to in a minute. But for now, let's cut to a break. Yes. The communal aspect of this prioritizing the presence of God, because we're talking individually, right? Right. Um, the question becomes, and this is for you, listener, okay? Pay attention, drop the dishes, and listen. Think of how your personal intimacy with God mm. impacts the community you're a part of. That's and a how deal. can you begin, we begin, making God's presence more of a value in our local communities? So not only think about like, wow, how my intimacy with... In- <laughs> it's all good. It's first, I guess 12. first podcast. <laughs> think of how your personal intimacy with God impacts the community you're a part of. Just think about that. Think about the days when you've gone into church service, where you've gone into youth group, where you've gone to serve in kids ministry and welcome people. And those times where prior to that, you've, you sought the presence of God and you're like, I'm filled to the brim. Mm-hmm. And then... How do we make that more of a priority in our local communities? Mm-hmm. Because I think if anything should be ultimate, that's it. Yeah. Not even serving, not the doing, not even evangelizing and discipling, the presence of God, which is the foundation of all those things. How do we practically make that more of a value and a priority in our local church communities? Even if it's already like a priority, it can mm-hmm. always become more of one. Sure. Yeah. So how do you, you know. I do that. <laughs> I think I think when you start to personally take your faith seriously, you can walk into your community like communal setting with a desire to then make that a part of your what whether it's weekly, whether it's, you know, uh bi weekly, if it's daily, like whatever that is for your community. 
it starts to become more serious in your in your group. Like if we're, uh, let's give a different example, doing a discipleship group or something like that. Um, if we see that there's a lacking of a communal aspect of seeking after the presence of God, I think that starts individually because then when we come together, there would then be one vision in seeing that, okay, there's something missing. Okay, there's something we're missing out on here. There's some aspect that we need to add, and whether that's worship, you know, before our meetings, whether that's um, praying more often, um, we will clearly see that there's an element to our meetings or an element to our gatherings that needs to be had. So I would say it starts individually um, to point those things out, but then also as you're, you're gathering together, having that healthy conviction, you know, come into play. Yeah. I'm thinking about those times where in church it was, it was pretty obvious because I was in the leadership. Yeah. Where it was pretty obvious that the presence of God was not as much of a value as it should have been. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was very obvious. I was like my daughter there. It was, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was very obvious in the, in the meetings that it was like tasks oriented, do, do, do. Yeah. How are we doing on the tech? How are we doing on the building? How are we oh, doing yeah. on the you know budgets? And it was all about the tasks and then boom, mm-hmm. we're out. Mm-hmm. And then there were times where it was like, well, we do say we're a church, so we, we kind of need to make it kind of feel like we're mm-hmm. seeking the presence of God above all else. So let's spend some time in prayer. And it, and it seemed kind of forced. Mm-hmm. Then there were times where it was like, okay, as we're opening our leadership meetings and talking mm-hmm. about the week or what we need to do for the month, we are actually making time to say, God, you are first and ultimate. Yeah. Um, and there's our kids yelling in the background. <laughs> um, not, not our kids, but like my, my wife's uh, kids. No, probably <laughs> both of ours. Actually, oh, yeah. It's yeah. probably true. Yeah. Your, your little girl's probably yelling. Yeah, the it's possible. And she's probably like heading the charge. <laughs> Yell with me. <laughs> so, and, and can you think of any times in your church leadership experience mm-hmm. where there were moments of like, hmm, we as a, as a church leadership are not prioritizing the presence of God right now. Yeah. And, and how did that affect, I guess, everything that was being done in that moment or on that day or yeah. for that event, whatever it was. Can you mm-hmm. think of any moments? If our kids yell in the background. Yeah, we apologize. Get, get over it. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, so to start off, like, I think organization is great. Like, I think having a plan for, like, meetings and all that different stuff, a timeline and all that stuff is good, right? But I think there's a balance between being organized but then also being spirit-led because sometimes there's spontaneous moments where it's like, okay, like, I feel like we're supposed to pray for, like, 15 minutes rather than five or, like, we're supposed to spend more time in the word in this meeting um, longer than we normally do or things like that. Um, So I think there's a healthy balance. There's a fine line with discernment where we can go into a meeting or we can go into uh, a time of coming together where we are um, very intentional when it comes to um, spending more time with God together. Because personally, there was moments where I was like, man, I needed more time of worship. Man, I needed more time with prayer with my community. Um, I needed more time with discussing how life is going with one another. Because, I, I mean, when I can't share my heart, you know, sometimes I feel disappointed because my brothers and sisters don't know what I'm, you know, going through or things like that. So, again, like, I love organization, but there was times for me where, like, I felt like an emptiness almost because there wasn't that aspect of, like, allowing the Spirit to come in and kind of take over, if that makes sense. 
And that's a good point. I'm not saying that, um, you know, prioritizing God's presence means no guidelines, no right. structure, no right. organization, mm-hmm. no goals. We're saying, like, if those things supersede the presence of God mm-hmm. and become more important mm-hmm. and more valuable, you're going to end up seeing that trickle down into the congregation. And I guess we can even talk about how, like, in church community gatherings, mm-hmm. um, some gatherings in local churches can be so rigid and so structured yes. that, like you said, there is no spontaneous, there's no time for spontaneous movement of the Spirit right. to lead in prayer. There's no set-aside time to just sit mm-hmm. as a congregation and pray together whatever is on your heart. It's like 10.15, worship's done. 10.30, we have the sermon starting because announcements and prayer are in between. Mm-hmm. And you need to be done preaching at least by 11. Yeah. And there is structure. There is organization. There should be like, let's be respectful of people's time. Right. But I think we should also respect the, the will of the Spirit, which might actually go against our agenda a little bit yeah. and, and make some room for that. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's worth touching on the fact that not all churches, uh, local, not that we're ragging on churches in general, but not all churches actually get behind this mentality of mm-hmm. prioritizing the presence of God because for so long they've been numbers-oriented. For mm-hmm. so long it's been task-oriented yeah. and all about doing and how how are the numbers and who's coming in and how do we keep them. And, yeah. and, and there's not much time to seek God. Mm-hmm. But again, if you don't seek Him, any amount of success and things that you see as valuable um, it, it won't really be all that it should, and yeah. so I guess the the last question, as it relates to the to the communal life of the church, is um, what gets in the way of our local church. And I'm talking to you, listener. What gets in the way of your local community and church leadership mm. from prioritizing God's presence? Like, is it goals? Is it numbers? Is it um, I don't know uh, a desire to do good things and events mm-hmm. and all the planning that goes into that? Yeah. That there just simply isn't enough time to actually sit and pri- and prioritize the presence of God as a community, mm-hmm. as a leadership. And if the leadership does not, we've seen this in the in the Old Testament. If the leadership does not have a value for the presence of God, it does trickle down into the congregation. Mm-hmm. And that's, God talks a lot about how the prophets and the priests are garbage Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, and Mm -hmm. the people end up following in their footsteps. And they start to take on those trash-like qualities. You've got Mm -hmm. a bunch of trash cans, you know, (laughs) it's probably (laughs) offensive, but like their their lives are amounting to to trash. That's what they're doing, worshiping idols and committing sexual morality. And so what gets in the way of, for you, Mm -hmm. what have you seen gets in the way of a local church? And, and leadership, prioritizing God's presence. What what can kind of compete mm-hmm. for God's spot in the value system? Yeah, I've seen performance get in the way um, for me when I've been in, you know, ministry positions or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, when we, like, get so tied up with the task doing, um, it ends up distracting us from the ultimate goal, which is discipleship. Um man, the amount of times that I was disappointed because we didn't, you know, talk about those kinds of moments and we just started talking about, well, here's the next event and here's the, you know, our budget and, you know, all those things are good. I'm not saying those things are bad, right? Like it's good. Again, organization's great. Um, But when you get so caught up in the task doing or the performance aspect of maybe even just Sunday morning worship, like even if it's that, you know, like, oh, we need to do, 
these four songs and, you know, we need to have this, you know, response moment at this time, you know, rather than the spirit just, you know, leading. And again, like I'm not against organization at all, but I'm saying there, there were plenty of times where I was disappointed because there was that lack of just the spirit leading and allowing just to take over these, these different, you know, times of meetings. So that's what I would say. And even beyond Sunday service, we could talk events. We mm-hmm. could talk about Bible studies that mm-hmm. happen outside the church or mm-hmm. within the church. We can talk about worship gatherings and, and we can talk about, you know, all these different things that if if you have a higher value for appearance and mm-hmm. success and performance, the presence of God gets lost in the process. Yeah. And so, you know, we could talk about how to like make sure that doesn't happen, but I think it's helpful to at least identify some obstacles within local church communities mm-hmm. and in church leadership. Um, it can be the appearance. We want to appear successful. Yeah. We want to even, uh, you know, modernize what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the unbeliever, that's we're, we're seeker-oriented, and that's yeah. fine. Like, be aware of the people that are coming in, step in their shoes, like, you know, be understanding, see from their eyes. But if it means uh, in the process you're kind of, minimizing the value of God's presence. Well, an unbeliever won't sit through this, so we don't want to have too long of a time of prayer, and we don't have, want to have too long of worship yeah. and praise, and we don't want to look like we're crazy. Um, then then you're really starting to make a shift towards things that you're going to regret later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just think, you know, that, that appearance of success, that performance-based mentality does get in the way. It does, um, yeah. And even, I, I hate to say it, but like um, the, the whole... T- concept of church finances and, and budgeting and and the money kind of issues that come with sure. with leadership and supporting my family and making sure the church is good and bills are paid that can honestly begin to trickle into the decisions we make mm-hmm. and if you're making decisions out of a fear of lack mm. instead of um uh prioritizing the presence of god and desire for his presence that's just no bueno you know and i would even add to that it like i think you hit it right on the nail like when it comes down to your fear making decisions for you instead of god's purpose and will that's when your leadership starts to trickle down in in a negative way uh i've seen it you know in church settings i've seen it in home settings i've seen it in creative you know aspects and things like that whether it's music or videos or you know all that stuff like when fear becomes your decision maker you tend to lead in the wrong direction actually you always will let me correct that you always will always yeah always fear is a garbage leader yep fear is a garbage leader so as we close we're going to try every episode to hit on these different categories Okay, we're going to try and bring up some good general questions that are worth answering and thinking through. We're not going to answer them exhaustively, just give you some ideas right. on how to, you know, figure these things out. Uh, we'll talk through, like, some of our own experiences in ministry and uh, try and be relatable and help you go, Man, I'm in that same situation, and that's mm-hmm. how they work through it. We'll try and give you some words of wisdom and application as we talk through these things congregationally mm-hmm. um, and individually. And then the last thing we want to do is I understand that there's people listening who are going to be uh, a part of physical churches, okay? And you might not have a leadership role. You might have right. zero leadership uh, titles and badges, and that's fine. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't lead. That doesn't mean you can't lead by example and be faithful and Absolutely. and start to follow Jesus in a way that other people start to follow you. Um, but also we want to touch on the, the aspect of those of you that are leading or, I don't know, dabbling 
in the whole online church space, if, mm-hmm. you, if you're creating content, if you're evangelizing online, if you're creating an online Discord server, if you're making TikTok videos, if you're creating Bible studies and, and you're trying to figure that out, we want to ab- ask a couple questions that would be helpful for you specifically. Sure. So whether you're a pastor, a preacher, online content creator, YouTuber, TikToker, uh, you're just trying to be faithful in the online space, mm-hmm. one question to ask is this and answer. Is your content, is your preaching, is your sermon really centered around God or is it centered around the person or you? Because mm-hmm. you can have uh, man-centered preaching, mm-hmm. man-centered content, yeah. and even me-centered preaching and content, or it could be God-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, is the heart behind your content, the why, centered around God? Not just the what we're doing but the why we're doing it. Hmm. That's something to really think through as you make stuff because there have been some videos I had to like really stop in the middle of planning the outline or planning the sermon or even hmm. in the middle of preaching it and really take a step back and go, oh, this is becoming very me-centered hmm. and all about my appearance and my influence and my platform or this is becoming very centered around the person listening. And it doesn't mm. mean there can be no relatability or application, but, mm. you know, or the why behind why I'm doing this is uh, for more clout, for more, to, to gain more followers, to get more likes, to get more people to subscribe. Mm. And, and, and if that's your why, I'll tell you right now, it's not a big enough why to sustain real godly ministry. Yeah. It's not. So, I don't know, is there anything you want to speak into that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm a creative person, you know, visually, um, uh, musically, like whatever it might be. Um, I have found many times where I've been trying to do a project or a song or you know whatever it might be, and I'm, I'm finding myself um, gravitating towards um, self reliance, um, finding myself trying to perform for for myself, and um, I'm getting lost in my own emotions, my, the, the struggles that I'm going through and things like that. I, I tend to gravitate towards, um, self-reliance and self-approval, like trying to gain self-approval, uh, from people and things like that. So, um, when I catch myself doing that, um, I have to stop and I have to, again, it's taking that step back and looking at, okay, why am I creating? Um, why am I doing this project? You know, what is my purpose behind it? Is it for, people to gravitate towards God or is it to gravitate towards me? And so, um, I have found that in my performance, it can either be to glorify God through the talents and gifts that he's given me, or I could do it to promote self. And I've found that I'm actually less successful first and foremost. Um, but then also less satisfied, um, when I do it for self, it's disappointing. Ding, 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 ding. You nailed it. Less satisfied in the process because guess what? No amount of success, followers, influence, platform will ever satisfy you the way God can. So if you're not getting satisfied by the presence of God, you'll look for your content or your audience or your church congregation or even your kids and spouse to satisfy you in a way that yeah. only God can. And then your methodology and content will very clearly be evidence of that. Right. So, um, uh, you know... I'm going to talk to you, pastors, teachers, shepherds, content creators, Bible study leaders, those of you that are planners and creating content, Mm. you need to listen right now. And I say this lovingly, you can never allow your content or your sermon to be a replacement 
for the presence of God. You mm. cannot. You cannot say, well, I'm reading my Bible by planning my message. That is looking for a sermon mm. and looking for a message to give is not the same thing mm. as just sitting before the Lord with no pressure of mm. delivering it to someone. That's not the same thing. So you, sometimes you leaders and content creators, you need to take a step back. You parents that are planning little studies for your kids, you need to take a step back from you, the content you're planning. As weird as it sounds, like your message, your sermon is a is content. You need to take a step back, maybe even pause for a season, for mm-hmm. a week, for a couple mm-hmm. of days, and have nothing to do with that. Reorient yourself around the presence of God, and then get back to doing that. Yeah, because that content, that well, I got to serve and deliver and be accurate to the scriptures and teach faithfully. That can slowly begin to replace my time with God, where there's no pressure of performing mm-hmm. or delivering or planning. Mm-hmm. Just to be with Him, just to seek His yeah. face. So, um, the last question is. For you guys listening is, you know, within your content, within your Bible studies, within your preaching, whatever you're doing, right, within your Christian TikToks, is it obvious that your content and leadership, um, or is your content and leadership evidence that you prioritize the presence of God? Hmm. Like, is it obvious when I watch your videos? Is it obvious when I see you stand up and lead the church, or when you lead a Bible study, or, or when you get around your kids to... To, to, to lead your family, is it obvious that this person really prioritizes the presence of God? And of course, there's different ways to gauge that, and you can't fully determine that. I, I can't fully assess that and go, yes, mm-hmm. they prioritize. But is it is there any evidence at all that, wow, this person has intimacy yeah. with God, a real abiding friendship mm-hmm. with God that they prioritize above all the other stuff stuff in their life? Stuff. <laughs> is there evidence of that? That's yeah. a good question to ask. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not something we could answer. Sure. But something to just reflect on as we end today's episode. Yeah. Is there any other final thoughts? Yeah, I think just with both of these questions, I guess, um, I think once you catch yourself, because, I mean, we tend to do that when we actually self-reflect, we catch ourselves doing something that we haven't really re- realized because we haven't been reflecting um, but when you finally self-reflect and you realize that you aren't prioritizing the presence of God, whether it's in your content creation or it's in your service, in your ministry um, setting, you know, whatever that is, once you catch yourself, I think it's really healthy to take a pause, to take a break. Um, and maybe that means you step away just for a brief time or for a moment to regroup with yourself to recharge, to, um, finally, you know, pull yourself into a healthy space with prioritizing the presence of God. I think that will absolutely benefit you in so many ways rather than just jumping right back into it, thinking that you have it all together. Yeah. Don't be prideful. Nope. Don't be, don't be dumb. Balance these things. Um, cause we talked about extremes and floating between the two. And so as we close, think about this. Is your leadership, is your content, is your preaching and message, is it obvious within that, that wow, this person really prioritizes the presence of God? Not that you should concern yourself with appearing as a person who prioritizes the presence yeah, of right. God, and I just care what you think about me, but, but, but I want people to see mm-hmm. God in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and if I have not been with him myself, it is hard to give them um, an accurate reflection of him when I haven't been with him myself. Sure. So I think that's it 
for today. Go and reflect on that. Be faithful. Um, and let's learn to function as the local church. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to aboveapproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card, you can give through PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.